the other day I was out walking around my neighborhood uh, praying. Uh, it was a Saturday, late morning. Uh, I was trying to get ready to preach the next day. So just walking, beautiful day, early spring, uh, trying to pray. And I was just off. I was just, I was just off that morning. I've struggled with that more than normal during these pandemic lockdown days, kind of a low-grade feeling of confusion, like a vague sense of purposelessness and even apathy at times, but also like some like insecurity and angst. Um, but all that began to melt away as soon as I put into practice what I'm going to be sharing with, sharing with you today about prayer. I began to address and acknowledge God as my Father, the one in heaven, the Holy One. Praying through this first introductory line of the Lord's Prayer, I realized that He is greater than my troubles. He wasn't surprised by them, perplexed by them, turned off by them. He's above and beyond them, yet somehow also involved in them. And as I prayed, I rather quickly came to recognize something. As I'm trudging through the mud of life, God sits upon His throne in heaven. And yet, He's also down here in the mud with me in this prayer right now. Welcome back to the Such Things Podcast. And today, we continue talking about how to pray. So, my walk the other day. Can you relate? Anybody else waking up feeling that, that COVID brain these days that they've been talking about in the news? Um, am I the only one? I, I don't think so. Um, when I was baptized years ago, I was a teenager, I made my good confession at that time. I said, Jesus is Lord. But when my alarm goes off each morning, that's often not where I wake up. Jesus is Lord, hallelujah. Rise and shine, give God the glory. That's, it's more usually like, man, I am tired. I gotta get going. I seem to have to reorient myself just about every morning. So that's where the beginning of this prayer comes in. Matthew chapter six, verse nine, Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Last week, we talked about our Father. With those two words, Jesus showed us the profoundly personal nature of Christian prayer. We're talking to our dad. But there's more, isn't there? He is, it says, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So together, these three phrases, 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. These three phrases teach us how to approach God in our prayers. And I think it actually matters, y'all, what's going on here. I believe Jesus is showing us that as we address God in this way, as we're going to learn today, we acknowledge certain things about him. And in so doing, we adjust. So we address, acknowledge, adjust. That's where the prayer begins. As we approach God in the Lord's Prayer, we're putting God in His place and putting ourselves in our place. Right off the bat, our mindset or worldview is, is getting changed. An attitude adjustment occurs. Listen to this. These are the words of uh, Henry Nouwen in his book, The Road to Daybreak. Let me just read this. He says, So I am praying while not knowing how to pray. I am resting while feeling restless, at peace while tempted, safe while still anxious, surrounded by a cloud of light while still in darkness, in love while still doubting. And then he talks about how he likes to envision, you know, God's angels surrounding him and helping him as he prays. And he says, they, the angels, he says, they don't say much. They do not explain much. They're just there to let me know that God's heart is infinitely greater than my own. This is what I experienced on my prayer walk the other day this reorienting uh, that I think he's talking about here. It it was like, oh, as, as as I thought through these opening lines of prayer, God, my Father, you're my Father, you're, you're in heaven. Your name is hallowed and holy. It was like, oh, God's on the throne. He's got this. Um, it's kind of like, like my kids and their troubles, their problems, you know, when, when they have an off day, um, you know, their problems, to be honest, oftentimes their problems seem very trivial to me. You parents, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, really? We're, we're going to cry about that right now. <laughs> um, but you know what? Their troubles, they do, they may seem trivial to me, but they do matter to me and I can help. I can help. Dad can help. You know, think back to your middle school struggles. You know, everything in middle school was dramatic and, you know, peer pressure and how am I going to fit in? And, uh, you know, am I going to get cut from the team? Does she like me? Um, you know, everything, you know, getting through classes, everything felt so stressful. You know, a pop quiz. Oh my gosh. Everything was a big deal. And now you think back as a, as a grown man or woman and you're like, man, middle school was easy, but you know, <laughs> when Mike and I'm I'm raising some middle schoolers right now, it's trivial, but it matters to me, and I can help. 
as I come to God and as I was praying through my on that off morning the other day, and I thought about God being in heaven, God being hallowed, and God being my Father, I, I, I came to this, you know, kind of this realization like, oh yeah, okay, God knows what I'm going through. He sees it clearly, and he's got this. He's, he's, he's like, yeah, David, like, I, I got it. Yeah, this is great. I'm glad you're here. Bring it to me. Let's talk about it. I've, I've handled this problem before. I can, I can, I can deal with this. Let's go. I've got it. It matters to me. I know what to do. <laughs> All right. So our father, he's in heaven. He's the holy one, the hallowed one. But what do we do with this in prayer? In heaven, hallowed be your name. Like, what, what do we do with that? How do we, how does that translate into like a prayer? What does that mean like for our prayers? All right, here's what I think we do with this part of the prayer. In heaven, hallowed be your name. We praise and we worship. We praise him and we worship him. Let me talk about that for a few minutes. All right, so it says that he is in, our father is in heaven. All right, so God is my dad, he's my father, but where is he? Well, yeah, he's right here with me. My dad's walking with me, he's putting his arm around me. But it says here, Jesus reminds us, he is also in heaven. He sits enthroned in heaven, encircled by the heavenly host, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000, the Bible says. And they are constantly praising him. That is what they do. Max Lucado, in his book, Before Amen, he has this to say. Most people suffer from small thoughts about God. In an effort to see him as our friend, or in my words, maybe as our father, as we talked about last week, we have lost sight, we have lost his immensity. In our desire to understand him, we have sought to contain him. The God of the Bible cannot be contained. And I would add, the God of heaven cannot be contained. We praise him as king of heaven, as the God enthroned in heaven, the maker, designer, sustainer of all things, the inventor, the brain, the beating heart, the everything, <laughs> the full, the Bible talks about the Jesus, the fullness of him who fills all things in every way. He has the supremacy. I believe Colossians says that about Jesus. So we, it is imperative that we take some time here in the beginning of our prayers to praise him to join in the praise that is being given him in heaven. What do we praise him for? Well, so many things. We praise him for the works of his hands. 
all of nature, you know, right now here in Myrtle Beach, it's springtime. The azaleas already bloomed. Oh, the little, you know, the, the little pink Laura pedulums in my backyard. The, I just planted a dogwood flower. It just had one little white, beautiful little dogwood flower. Man, I, everything is budding and the whole forest behind my house is just burst back into life. Birds are singing, the sky is blue. The, the works of his hands are just so beautifully intricate. So much color, smell, sight, sound. And it, it's not just, just nature. It's, I look at my children, the way God put them together, the way they have my DNA and my wife's DNA, and the way, the way they're designed, the, the way they're growing. I praise God for the works of his hands. Even me, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. But there's more. I, I praise him for his mighty deeds. And all he's done, we praise him for all he's done on our behalf. We praise him as we recount in prayer. We recount the ways that he's come through for us throughout our life. We remember the times he's come through. He's brought us through the desert. He's come through when we were at our wits end, when we were at the end of our rope, and he came through and he's done it again and again. We praise him for his mighty deeds done on our behalf. We praise him for that in prayer. We remember that. We recount that. Oh, but there's more. There's more to praise him for. We praise him for his plan of salvation. This plan that he had ever since back in the Garden of Eden, the fall of mankind, that even then he began working his plan, sending the prophets, preparing the way for his son, Jesus, to be born to a virgin, to live in an obscure corner of the earth, a sin-free life as a nobody who changed history. And now to this day, when I was baptized as a teenager, that I was washed in the blood of his son Jesus who died on a cross for me. A God who died for his creation? What is this plan of salvation? And that someday he will return riding on the clouds of heaven to bring judgment upon the earth and to bring usher me into his kingdom forever. I praise him in prayer for his plan of salvation and for sending his son, Jesus. There's so much to praise him for. And so when we come and we acknowledge in the beginning of our prayers that he is in heaven, we are joining in with that heavenly host. And we praise God. We may even find ourselves singing along with them sometimes in our prayers. But there's more. There's more than just his praiseworthy deeds, substantial as they are. What does it say next? He, he is our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I want to talk about that. Hallowed be your name. 
See, I can praise him for his great and mighty deeds, for all he's done. But I worship him for who he is. I'm, I'm kind of differentiating a little bit between praise and worship, and this is not a theological argument. This is just David as I've learned how to praise and worship in my prayers, how to incorporate this part of the Lord's Prayer. I, I praise him for what all that he's done, but I worship him for who he is. And who is he? He is holy, hallowed, sacred. There is nothing wrong with him. In him, there is complete and utter goodness and nothing else. Untainted, unspoiled perfection. This is what we find when we come into his presence. Max Lucado goes on in his book, Before Amen. He says, God's power is unsurpassed and his heart is unblemished. God's unrivaled goodness undergirds everything else we can say about prayer. If he is like us, only slightly stronger, then why pray? If he grows weary, then why pray? If he has limitations, questions, and hesitations, then you might as well pray to the Wizard of Oz. However, if God is at once Father and Creator, holy, unlike us, and high above us, then we, at any point, are only a prayer away from help. I love that. You see, with God, whatever He does, you can rest assured that it is the right and good thing to do every time. His heart is love and light. There is no darkness, no ego. I used to wonder why God demanded praise and worship, like he had an ego that needed to be stroked. But then as I, as I matured in my faith, in my faith I, I realized he's holy, hallowed. He's set apart. He's like no other. The only appropriate response to him, and he knows this, is praise and worship. It's actually good for us to praise him. We benefit. The only thing that, that sinful, broken, fallen, fallible, feeble beings like me and you can or should do in his presence is fall down and worship. This is why the longest book of the Bible the book of Psalms is as a collection of prayers, prayer songs, more accurately. And while they, they run the gamut of human emotions, what they talk about, but praising God is perhaps the overarching theme of the prayers in the book of Psalms and the songs. So I want to just read some examples in the Psalms. Um, all right. Turn, you know, if you've got a Bible, I'm reading in Psalm 18. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 6. This first Psalm, it takes a minute to get into the praise part, but I wanted to, to start here in verse 6, and I'll explain why. 
Psalm 18, David is praying. Verse 6, in my distress, I called out to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him. The dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced. With hailstones and bolts of lightning, the Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed. The foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, Lord. At the blast of breath from your nostrils, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. We started off reading there about God's ferocious wrath, his might. His anger, in fact. <laughs> uh, when I was sharing this, I wanted to start here and, and bear with me. Uh, when I was sharing this with our church the other day, I I showed I put up some pictures of these ferocious-looking uh, bears, like photos of bears in the wild, like roaring and baring their teeth. It was they're like these horrifying real-life pictures. <laughs> I remember coming across a bear in the woods while I was hiking alone in the mountains one day. I was, I saw this like black object through the trees. I was like, oh, what's that? And then I noticed it was, it moved. I was like, oh, that's not a tree stump. Wait a second, that's a bear. I was alone. I, I like retreated and like ran back down the trail. And like, I found where someone had had a fire in the woods. Uh, and they have like a bench there and I jumped up onto it. I like grabbed some of the rocks from their fire pit and I'm like holding them standing up on this bench. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with these rocks, but if that bear comes, I'm just going to like smack him with these rocks or at least do something. But I would be pretty helpless. When you look at these, the photos that I showed the church of these bears, their teeth, I mean, my puny rocks and my puny little hands, they weren't going to get me very, very far. But I was telling the church, if you look at these ferocious-looking, massive bears showing their teeth, roaring, I was saying, you know, what if you were on the other side of that bear? What if on the other side of that bear, there's some cubs, and they're being defended? What if I, in the mountains that day, had, had, had come across, the, the mama bear was in the middle of me and her cubs. Fortunately, in this case, the bear just wandered off. But, but see, <laughs> if you're the cubs on the other side of those big teeth, all of a sudden you're interpreting this picture, this situation very differently. You're feeling great right now. You're feeling protected by this, this ferocious wrath of mama bear. 
Did you notice in this psalm? Why was God so ticked off? It was because David in the prayer was in distress and had cried out to God. He was being attacked and he needed help, assistance. That's the point of the prayer. God will always defend those who cry out against their oppressors in prayer. You don't want to be on the wrong side of that fury. See, even God's horrifying wrath, that's why I wanted to start off with this psalm, even God's horrifying wrath is a product of his perfect and holy and good heart. There's only one way he can or should respond to evil and injustice. He opposes it completely. No compromise. Read on with me. Go over to Psalm 91. Um, Let me read some selections from Psalm 91, 92, and 93. Just some psalms of praise here. It says, Psalm 91, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Verse 14, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, God says, and I will answer him. Later, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. He's a, it talks about the pestilence. What's pestilence? It's disease. It talks about plague. We've been in a year of pestilence and plague and pandemic. But God, God is is who we run to for protection. And we praise him. We worship him as our great and mighty protector. Psalm 92, listen to this. Verse 1, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. He's just praising God. Verse 14, they will still bear, he's talking about God's people, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, so fresh and so clean, proclaiming the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. I love it. He says, it's good to praise the Lord. And that's the first line. And the last line, There is no wickedness in him. There it is. Praise him for his deeds. Worship him for who he is. There's no wickedness in who he is. Last Psalm I want to read to you, Psalm 93, verse 1. Listen to this. This is beautiful. The Lord reigns. 
This, guys, this is how we need to learn to pray. We say the Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Indeed, the world is established, firm and secure. Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. The seas have lifted up, Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. I live at the beach. I love to surf. Sometimes we get these hurricane waves that come through, pounding, massive mountains of waves. But it says in verse 4, mightier than the thunder of the great waters, mightier than the breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. And here it is. Holiness adorns your house for endless Days. Holiness for endless days. We are on holy ground when we come into our times of prayer. We have no right to be there on our own merits. But praise God that He, the Bible says, He makes us holy as He is holy. Through the blood of Jesus and the gift of baptism, we are made holy. And so we come into prayer on holy ground to worship the Holy One. I am urging you today, in the spirit of these psalms, get better at praising God in your prayers. For many of us, the only time we intentionally worship is when we sing a few songs on Sunday morning. And that's great. It's great to worship God in that way at that time. But really, that's all you got? Now, I I get it. I know we bring glory and praise to God through the way we live. That's worship too. But what I see in these Psalms and what I see in the intro phrases of the Lord's Prayer is that deliberate Times of praise and worship are in order. We begin our prayers by glorifying Him. uh, Another line from Henry Nouwen in The Road to Daybreak. He says, There is nothing that He does not fully know, and there is nobody whom He does not fully love. This is God. He knows us. He loves us. So he's in heaven. I praise him for what he's done. Hallowed be your name. I worship him for who he is. But don't forget this, the love part. Our Father, our Father. I just love him. I praise him for what he's done. I worship him for who he is. And I thought, well, in prayer, it's good to just love God in prayer sometimes. Why do I love him? What do I love him for? I reflected on that the other day, and of course there's a hundred reasons, but I was a little surprised by the simple answer that my heart gave back to me, that the Holy Spirit whispered to me. You know why I love him? For loving me. I love him. Because he just, he loves me. 
And I think there's a verse that says it, right? We love him because he first loved us. It's one of the first songs we teach our kids. Yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. You know, this is interesting. I can love others, especially those who love me. (laughs) I can praise others, especially those who do like worthy or great deeds. Sometimes we like to praise athletes, you know, actors, musicians. We can praise people for their deeds. But you realize this, I can only worship one. There is only one who is holy. Only one to be worshipped. If we're tearing down statues of all of our heroes right now who were imperfect, well then pretty soon there will only be statues of one man left standing. Jesus Christ. So let's first learn this as we learn how to pray this spring. Let's learn how to show him love, to shower him in praise, to worship him as only he deserves. Many of us would say, hey, I know how to pray, preacher. But do we know how to praise? Are we worshipers? Or are we just asking for stuff, putting in a quarter, hoping for a Coke? Y'all, this is how the Lord's Prayer begins. Praise and worship. If you ain't praising, you ain't praying. Do you realize that all of creation, except humanity, is doing what it is supposed to do? Bringing glory to God at all times. Just look around this spring. That's what the earth is doing. The only creatures in creation that are failing here are the ones that he endowed with free will. (laughs) That's us. But when we come to prayer, we have a choice. We use our free will and we take time in prayer to praise and to just be worshipers of God for a little while. And we just love him. That's it for this time. Go and put these things into practice. Go pray and go praise your Father who is in heaven. Go make his name hallowed this week. We'll see you next time. I will praise the Lord today, for he is all my hope and stay. Our God is good, his name is great, hallelujah. 